0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, we're talking all about Wolves-Knicks from Saturday night, the Timberwolves' win over New York at Madison Square Garden. We'll talk key takeaways from the first part of the game. The starters played, for the most part, regular rotation guys, first three quarters. We'll talk key takeaways. We'll also talk about key takeaways from the fourth quarter when the deep bench guys got to play and also individual studs and duds. It's all coming to the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Lockdown Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. A big thank you, first of all, for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Locked On Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. You can download that app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow this show on X, that's at BBeacon, and also at Locked On T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right. Today is the postgame podcast from Saturday evening's preseason game between the Wolves and the Knicks. Um, What I want to do is this will be actually a little bit more like a regular postgame pod that will, of course, start here in just, I don't know, what, a week and a half, nine days, something like that before the regular season opener. Uh, But what I mean by that is actual key takeaways, because the Wolves rotation guys played for the majority of the first three quarters. Uh, I don't think there was anybody outside the regular top 10 in the rotation. Of course, Jade McDaniels missed the game due to that calf strain that he's been battling for the last week or so. Uh, But otherwise, it was rotation guys for the first three quarters. So we can actually take something from this. I think we're starting to see something of what the rotation is going to look like at the start of the regular season, minus McDaniels in this case, of course. And then the fourth quarter was deep bench guys, uh, basically like eleven through fifteen or sixteen in the rotation, um, and not only one non roster guy got into the game. Like it was mostly guys that we're going to see on the floor for the Wolves this year in the regular season. And so I want to talk about some takeaways there. And of course, we'll do individual studs and duds as we always do at the end of a post game pod. So uh, we'll get to all that here today. Let's start with some key takeaways. Uh, with no McDaniel's, of course, to Alexander Walker started this game for the Wolves. He was in in the starting lineup. And things got off to a relatively slow start. The Wolves were down, I think it was 8 nothing, 10 to 12 to 12-4, something like that. Um, and it was just kind of sloppy. And again, you know, preseason, a lot of actually, the Wolves were generating some open looks from three. They just missed them. And that was kind of early game um, issues for the Wolves. They settled down as the first quarter went on, went on a nice run. They actually led at halftime by three. And it was tied after three quarters. There were some... Spotty moments for the rotation guys, but I, my my first takeaways related to the rotation. Um, Rudy Gobert got the first break for the rotation around the midway point of the first quarter, and we saw Carlton E. Towns and Nas Reed play together. Kyle Anderson came into the game. He actually came in. Anderson was actually the first sub because Nikhil Alexander Walker got into foul trouble early. That was also, by the way, kind of the plague of the first, most of the first quarter. Was the Wolves were in, were in the penalty very quickly? They were very handsy. Um, and then we ended up with like some ticky-tack calls on Mike Conley and stuff like that. That tends to happen when it you know, especially with the Wolves. If they carry this rotation of a foul-prone team, hopefully they don't. But um that's what happened early and it was self-fulfilling prophecy and and the the Knicks, it was a prey to the free throw line, and that's really how they got to 30 points of the first quarter was because of the Wolves' foul troubles defensively. But um anyway, Gobert comes in, or excuse me, Gobert goes out, Nas comes in, cat moves to the five, and then um, and Anthony Edward Edwards plays the whole first quarter. Cat comes back in and then they switch. So Rudy comes back in later in the first quarter and Rudy sits. So now you've got Rudy and, excuse me, Rudy comes back and Cat sits. So now you have Rudy and Nas on the floor together. Second quarter, Cat comes back in at the eight and a half mark. Rudy sits down, Nas stays. So you basically got Nas Reed on the floor from the midway point in the first quarter to a little past the midway point in the second quarter, just a huge block of minutes consecutively while Kat and Rudy are shuffling in and out. And I don't believe, and I meant to make a note of this and I missed doing it. I don't think Kat and Rudy shared the floor together again in the first half. Maybe at the very end of the first half, end of the second quarter. But it's kind of what we talked about last week on this show is I think we're going to see a lot of this staggering of Rudy and Kat. And we'll see Rudy and Kat playing together for five, six minutes at the start of the first and third quarters, maybe towards the end of the second and potentially crunch time in the fourth quarter pending foul trouble. So like max 12 to 16 minutes a game, probably probably on the higher end of that, 15, 16 minutes a game together. And then they should each be playing 12-ish minutes without each other and Nas should be on the floor for those minutes. So that's going to get Nas into the mid-20s in terms of minutes per game and Kat and Rudy in the upper 20s. That's probably about right. Um, and, and I'm fudging things a little. I mean, it may be more like 30 and Nas may get 22. But one of my concerns with signing Nas Reed to that extension was, are they actually going to carve out a role for him where he's playing consistently for this team next year? And uh, meaning this year, when, you know, Cat missed 52 straight games and Nas was still only playing whatever, 19 minutes a game is what he ended up doing for the season, I believe it was. Um Yeah, 18.4 minutes per game last year in 68 contests with no cat, essentially. So, like, how do they get him into the 24-minute-a-game, 26-minute-a-game range? That's how they're going to have to do it, is he's on the floor for a block of time, late first quarter to mid-second quarter, late third quarter to mid-fourth quarter, and you're shuffling Rudy and Cat in and out so that they're getting requisite rest. And also kind of trying to match up with whoever the opposing team has on the floor in terms of bigs and what defensive coverage you want to play based on the matchup. So there's obviously other factors in there, but kind of the baseline, the standard it looks like is going to be this sort of a rotation. The other thing about the rotation early is um, Kyle Anderson basically initiated with the second unit. And yes, he was in, he was actually on the floor with the rest of the starters after Alexander Walker was in uh, foul trouble. But then when shake Milton came in the game and he's kind of the de facto backup point guard, he was mostly deferring to Kyle Anderson to run the offense. And, and point slow-mo is, as we know, really, really good. And even if shakes bringing the ball up the floor, they're getting it to Anderson to then initiate. That's what happens so often. It's actually a lot of times with the starting unit what happens when Conley gets the ball to Ant and Ant initiates. That happens quite a bit too. And we saw Kyle Anderson drive and, and kick out for an open three. Uh, a couple of different times where he was driving the seam in the defense kicked to the opposite wing for an open three-pointer we saw him actually run pick and roll throw a lob to Rudy at one point this was an impressive Kyle Anderson game we'll talk more about that here later in the show um, but very 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 good um, second unit showing is another takeaway but but also the point here is that Kyle Anderson was basically initiated for that second unit we'll talk more about shake Milton too because he was very good on the bad side of the ledger, the transition defense for the Wolves was miserable. And we talked a little bit about the foul trouble a couple minutes ago. But transition defense was pretty miserable, especially the starters. The second unit was maybe a little better. It was a recurring theme the last couple of seasons, um, especially last year. Even two years ago, though, it was a little bit shoddy. But last year, transition defense, defensive rebounding, and and fouling were the biggest issues for this team on, on, on defense. And it's crazy because they were a top 10 defense, right? They finished 10th in defensive rating but how much better could they have been like the half court defense was so good last year, but the transition defense has remained terrible and it was bad again in this game. Guys not getting back when they do get back, they foul. Uh, mismatches in transition guys, not uh, getting back to their own, um, just not stopping the ball, like really high school level stuff at times. Like I, it sounds crazy, but that's true. Um, transition defense to me was, was pretty bad in this game as well. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the second unit, and actually, we'll do that next, and then we'll get into some of that fourth quarter stuff, but I want to talk about uh, the Shake Milton, Kyle Anderson unit, what was positive about that, then we'll wrap up the overall takeaways, we'll move into the fourth quarter, and uh, and talk about like those guys towards the end of the bench that are battling for end, end of bench spots and roles, um, how those guys did, the Josh Minots, the, um the Wendell Moores, the... Uh, Luca Garza is like all those guys. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin played a nice game. We'll get into that. So we'll do all that here later. And then we'll close the show with individual studs and duds. We'll do all that here. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at game time. If you have a bad habit of waiting to the last minute to purchase tickets for anything, sporting events, comedy, theater, etc., cetera, um, concerts, Game time is the place for you. And I have that bad habit. I do that far too often. And this is also the time of year, by the way. By the way, there's a lot going on. There's some great tours wrapping up. I actually just went to a concert the other day. Um, and playoff baseball. If you live in one of the four cities still playing baseball right now, I mean, if you need tickets to those events, Game Time is the place to go. Game Time is actually the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And again, it's it's any genre of of um, event where you need tickets: sports, music, comedy, theater, etc. All in one spot. All in prices also show you your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy your tickets in seconds with just two taps. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets, as I mentioned, right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, if you're running late or you're just trying to look for a great deal, it's the best place to get your tickets, the best place to find last minute seats. Also, they have zone deals. You can pick the section and Game Time picks the seats. You can average an 18% savings there. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA, that's L O C K E D O N. NBA for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. A big thank you once again for making lockdown wolves, your first listen every single day. Of course, every day as we're going to continue the player preview series. We'll talk Carl Anthony towns on Tuesday. And then Anthony Edwards is the last one we have to get to. So we'll finish the player preview series. Uh, There's a couple more preseason games left. So we'll also preview those and do post skin pods for those later in the week. So um, all that upcoming and we are, Nine days, I think, away from the start of the regular season. So, uh, man, it's happening. It's it's happening for real. Get excited! All right. Continuing the conversation, the post game pod from Saturday's show against the, or Saturday's game, I should say, against the Knicks. The second unit that I talked about. Uh, there were brief moments, by the way. This was like early or early mid second quarter, and I think in the third as well. Where the Timberwolves went with essentially a no point guard lineup for, for brief moments of time, where essentially Nikhil Alexander Walker and Anthony Edwards were initiating. You also had Kyle Anderson on the floor, plus Nazari, Carlton, and Towns, but no Shake Milton, no Mike Conley on the floor. That was interesting. I think we'll see some of that depending on, again, so much of this is matchup dependent, opponent dependent. If you want a long line, I mean, Shake Milton's got like a seven foot wingspan anyway, but Nikhil Alexander Walker's even bigger. Um, Anthony Edwards, we know, is a physical monster. Kyle Anderson is big at the three. Think about that. I mean, Kyle Anderson played a lot of three last year, and actually he's going to play, he didn't play a ton of three. He played more four last year. He's going to play a lot more three this year. Um, so, like, it's just such a big lineup that Chris Finch has the ability to roll out. The second unit, though, in general, was very impressive in this game. And and I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of individual player, single game box score plus minus numbers. They're very noisy. There's so many factors that can influence that. But when it's this drastic, I think it's worth pointing out. Kyle Anderson was a plus 27 in 22 minutes. This is a game the Wolves only won by nine. He was a plus 27 in 22 minutes. Oh, and by the way, it was tied going to the fourth quarter. So this game was tied at the end of three and Kyle Anderson didn't play a minute in the fourth quarter. Also, Shake Milton, plus 31 plus minus 20 in 20 minutes. Shake a plus 31 in 20 minutes. Kyle Anderson, a plus 27 in 22 minutes. Crazy numbers. Um, And they really kind of took turns running that offense with the second unit. I talked about Kyle Anderson already. He ended up with eight assists in 22 minutes in this game, just one turnover. Shake Milton had six assists in 20 minutes with only one turnover. So those two guys, essentially the bench point guards, if you will, and we'll talk about Jordan McLaughlin, but I'm only talking about these two guys, Anderson and Milton together. 14 assists, two turnovers in a combined 42 minutes. That's a fantastic showing. That means that second unit was humming offensively. I was very impressed with how they ran um, all of that. Midway through the third quarter, the Wolves had uh, Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and Kyle Anderson on the floor with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. I thought that was an interesting lineup. At the time, they were down five. They, they won their minutes on the floor. That unit ended up... Uh, Well, obviously, because Kyle Anderson and Shake Milton were on the floor, right? Um, But that unit of five was able to get the Wolves back in the lead when they were trailing by five midway through the quarter. Um, I thought Troy Brown Jr. was fine in this game, too. He missed a couple of threes early, but then was pretty good late in the game. He actually did get some run in the fourth quarter with some of the deep bench guys. He's probably the ninth or tenth guy in the rotation right now. Um, And I thought he was good. But that unit was fun. I, I think... It'll be interesting to see, and that's also a big unit, right? Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. in the backcourt. Well, I guess Anthony Edwards technically would be playing the two in that scenario, but that's still a big unit: Shake, Anthony Edwards, Troy Brown Jr., Kyle Anderson, and Carl Anthony Towns. And it allows Slomo to play the four. Um, I don't think it's a unit we'll see a ton of because again, Nas is going to play a lot of those minutes. But if Cat can not be in foul trouble, if and so, that's something we'll talk about on Tuesday show. We talk about player preview. Um, he could see some more run with some of those mostly bench combinations. We saw last year, remember there was that period of time where the bench was really struggling and Finch went to Anthony Edwards plus all bench guys and they were really dominant. Uh, That didn't last very long. I think it kind of flipped the other direction, but playing around with some of those combinations, and and I don't know that it's as necessary because I think Shake Milton will be far more efficient than say Jalen O'Well was last year, in that bench scorer role, um, scorer slash initiator role. But, to be able to kind of buoy that second unit with frontline guys that can dominate against opposing second units will be really a luxury for Chris Finch. And I thought that lineup looked good in this game. Um, Okay. That's pretty much it for my overall takeaways for, from the part of the game that was really competitive and had starters playing. So I'll just recap them quickly. The rotation notes related to, um, or the rotation, I, I guess, yeah, my notes on the rotation related to, uh, the, the bigs, especially like Rudy getting the rest and Cap playing with Nas, that was interesting. And I think we'll see a lot of that this year. The bench unit ran by Shake Milton and Kyle Anderson with Mo running a lot of the offense. That was a really effective unit. Um, and then we'll talk more about Nas reading studs and duds. I, I should spend just a minute on him now. He was fantastic. He hit four threes in the third quarter. I think he ended up, what did he shoot, make five in the game? Yeah, five of eight from outside the arc had a nice block defensively. He only had one rebound in 19 minutes, but a good Nas game. Um, and then on the bad side of things, the the needs improvement, if you will, side of things, uh, transition defense, really bad, especially the starting lineup. Fouling early, just some uh, missed open shots early in the game. The Wolves ended up from three. They ended up shooting 42%, 41.7, 20 of 48, but they started very cold and they got hot middle of the game. Um, just consistency there is is going to be huge for the team this year. All right, let's cruise right into talking about that fourth quarter and some of these bench guys. Um, and I'm talking deep bench guys. I'm not talking the regular, you know, 10 guys in the rotation, the the top 10 guys. So fourth quarter, we saw Jordan McLaughlin play nine minutes. We saw Wendell Moore Jr. get 11. Luca Garza get 11. Josh Meinick get 11. Rookie Leonard Miller played five minutes towards the end of the game. And Dacian Nix, non-roster invitee, played three minutes at the end of the game. And... I was impressed in general with them. The ones that popped the most to me, uh, and, and actually popped is the word that I wrote down when I with with uh, Josh Minot. Man, um, he had a drive that was fantastic, got to the rim. He had another drive that ended in a dunk, and that was more of a, it was off an offensive rebound, so the defense was trying to recover and, and get a contest on him on the three-point line, and he pump faked and drove, so he had his head and shoulders past the defender right away. Got a dunk on that one, but he had another drive where he laid it in that was impressive, um, showed off the athleticism, the length, the size. And then he had a drive and dish where he drove into the paint and dropped it off for a bucket and had an assist. Like, that's playmaking that is, any any playmaking Josh Minot can do is absolutely gravy. It's not something that the Wolves are expecting to get out of Josh Minot, at least not at this stage in his career, year two. He was really impressive. I do not know how they're going to keep Josh Minot off the floor this year. He's going to end up, I think, if Troy Brown Jr. gets off to a slow start, Josh Minot's going to eat into those minutes. He's going to have to. Um, and in this game, he was more impressive than Troy Brown Jr., I thought. And, and, and Brown's going to be a good, like, he's a good rotation guy, right? I was excited they got him. But I don't know where else you're going to find minutes for Josh Minot, uh, short of a, you know, heaven forbid, a Kyle Anderson injury or something like that. Josh Minot was impressive. Jordan McLaughlin, this was the best we've seen him play since early last year before the calf injury. Um, you could even go all the way back to the Memphis playoff series in early, or in uh, spring of 22. I mean, I thought McLaughlin, before the calf injury last year, first dozen games or so, was also fantastic. He had eight points, three of five shooting, two of four outside the arc. We need to see J-Mac make threes if he's going to have a shot at playing this year. Two assists, two steals, zero turnovers. So that's the J-Mac we all know and love. In just nine minutes, he was a plus 14, looked very comfortable, was one of the more experienced guys on the floor at the time, save for like Evan Fournier on the Knicks side. Um, so he should have um, you know, been relatively dominant, and he was—he was very, very good. Uh, Wendell Moore Jr. Not a whole lot to say there. He wasn't—he didn't really impress all that much. Luca Garza looked the part as he often does, especially on offense. But on the glass, was effective. Um, had three assists, a couple of rebounds. Missed his only three-point attempt. Got to the line once. And for him, it's just a question of mobility. I think he continues to improve there. Every time we see him, he looks more sleek, more in shape. If he can keep with people defensively if he gets put in actions on the perimeter, that's his key to playing minutes at the NBA level. And um, I thought he looked the part in this game. He looks the part of a fifth big on an NBA roster with pinch, you know, being able to pinch hit, you know, fourth big minutes or whatever, if there's injuries or, or foul trouble. And uh, this was an impressive performance from Luca Garza. Leonard Miller, also good hit a three pointer, looked very in rhythm, natural, like four or five feet beyond the arc, knocked it down, had a couple of boards, had a nice block, um, an impressive five-minute stint for Leonard Miller. The depth on this team is real, and that's something we'll talk a little bit more about as we get closer to the season, but this team has serious depth, and that's wasn't the case last year. I thought it was at the start of the year. Um, I was wrong. This year, I think there's more proven depth and there's more upside depth and with guys like Josh Minett. Um, weirdly, it's both, right? I think I think the nine-man depth with Leonard Miller, excuse me, nope, with uh, Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., that's more, it's better. It's better depth. And then the deeper depth has more upside. It's not, you know, the Bryn Forbes of the world and, and Austin Rivers and, you know, guys who, um, uh, Nate Knight, guys who just hadn't, di- didn't do much when they got the opportunity and there wasn't a whole lot of upside. Leonard Miller, Josh Mina, even Wendell Moore to an extent. These guys all have, Luca Garza have some upside and can really impress when given the opportunity. All right, let's close the show here today by getting into um, uh, individual studs and duds overall. I don't have any starters on this list. I also don't have any of the fourth quarter deep guys. They're all going to be bench guys. And let's break it break down some of their lines in the box score and what they were able to provide in this game. That's how we'll close the show out here today. Today's episode is brought to us by BetterHelp. It's sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, if you are struggling at all with mental health, BetterHelp is the best place where you can go to get online therapy. And if you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way, I know, you know, at times during COVID, especially I struggle with this. But even now, like, um, as we get into the fall and the winter, if you're staying indoors more, whatever that might be, um, and you've just noticed yourself uh, not not knowing what you should do, like feel like there's something more, something you need to do um, to kind of get yourself out of a funk. Uh, BetterHelp is is a place that can really provide that help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Simply fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA BetterHelp help H E L P.com slash locked NBA today to get 10% off your first month. All right, let's close the show here today by talking about individual studs and duds from the game. When we're talking studs, we have to start with that fantastic bench unit in this game. And let's start with Nas Reed. We didn't talk about him much earlier. He led the team with 22 points. Uh, it was second in the game next to RJ Barrett's 23 for the Knicks. But Nas had 22 on 8-of-12 shooting, 5-of-8 outside the arc, hit his first, I think, four three-point attempts, and uh, was just really efficient from the field, uh, was just one or 2 from the line. He did only have the one rebound in 19 minutes, and and that's been long one of the issues with Nas his first couple years in the league that was my biggest concern it's one of the reasons why I was a little skeptical of an eventual breakout for him obviously I was wrong in general and also specific to rebounding last year is by far Nas's best rebounding year of his career he actually rebounded the ball well enough to be a rotation big but we got to be careful that or he's got to be careful, the Wolves have to be careful that he doesn't backslide into what he was doing his first couple years in the league. Um, He's obviously more mobile now, and he understands where he needs to be and when defensively, especially. He actually had zero defensive rebounds in 19 minutes. And as a team, this continues to be something I'm worried about. I mean, it was a net zero rebound game. Each team had 40 boards um, in this one. But that, like... That's something I'll talk about with Carl Anthony Towns on Tuesday's show related to the the player preview. His rebounds were down last year. He struggled in this game, I thought, to grab defensive rebounds. Cat did. But Nas, 19 minutes, zero defensive rebounds, just one offensive board, which was off of his own miss, by the way. So in 19 minutes, the only rebound he got was essentially playing volleyball, Kevin Love style, with his own miss at the rim, and ended up scoring. Obviously, that's important. But we got to see more on the glass from him. In general, though, a strong performance. One assist, one steal, one block, a couple of turnovers for Nas, but um, seeing the 22 off the bench from him was great. We talked about Shake Milton. He was really good. 12 points on 5 of 8, shooting 2 of 4 outside the arc. Created some shots for himself a little bit, and Chris Finch has talked quite a bit about how impressed he's been with Shake Milton's ability to do just that um, so far in his brief amount of time in a Wolves uniform. But 12 points, 6 assists, 2 rebounds, only 1 turnover, and as mentioned earlier, a plus 31 in the plus-minus column, Didn't get to the line at all. You know, I worry a little bit about the Jalen Noel effect of maybe a little too much mid range, not enough getting to the line. Shake's better at getting to the rim than Jalen Noel has been, and he's he is less likely to settle for those mid range jumpers. Although he did it a couple of times in this game, he's also simply a better three point shooter. And I don't want to spend all year comparing him to Jalen Noel, but those comparisons will come early because he's effectively filling that role. And I just think he's a much better, certainly more proven version. Um, You know, absolutely better than what Jalen Noel was last year. Could he be more of what Jalen Noel was two years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably what the you know what's going to happen. And remember, Jalen Noel was legitimately good when he got minutes two years ago, um, but last year, replacing Noel's lack of production with real production and, and a veteran presence and somebody who can be the straw that stirs that drink off the bench, and Shake Milton is going to be really important. Straw that stirs stirs the drink, Shake. Yeah, um, I I wish I could say I planned that out before I said it, but. Um, that there we go we'll just leave it there i should have just rolled with it um anyway my last stud in this game after shake and um nazry it has to be kyle anderson um kyle anderson very very good in this game as we talked about six points eight assists three rebounds made all three of his shots he had a nice floater he had a little um actually a couple of floaters a little push shot um near the paint didn't attempt any threes the Knicks kept leaving him open above the break for potential three-point shots remember we talked about this in the player preview about a week ago with slow-mo really good from the corners three-point attempt wise not good above the break teams know that and Kyle Anderson's only going to shoot that shot he's going to pick his spots right but it's hard to have a better game on such low volume shooting the ball than Kyle Anderson did six points eight assists three rebounds in just 22 minutes Uh, At least a couple of those rebounds were nice contested rebounds to a plus 27 in those 22 minutes. Really impressive. Um, I'm only doing three studs. Jordan McLaughlin, we talked about already, would probably be next on that list. The starters, I haven't really spent much time on their individual performances real quickly. Nobody's a dud in the starting lineup. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, the foul trouble wasn't great. He actually was on minus 25 in 17 minutes, but I thought he did some good things. He missed his first few threes, but then he made one off some nice ball movement from, um, I think it was Ant to Cat into the corner to, to Alexander Walker for a made three. Rudy was good. Nine boards in 22 minutes. He impacted the game defensively, had a, a really nice steal that ignited a break where Ant got an and one. He had four points, nine rebounds, one assist, two steals, only one turnover of Rudy. That was fine. Obviously, you wanted to shoot more than once, but he also only played 22 minutes. Cat had 17, 5, and three. He did have three turnovers, was a little, um, frantic at times almost some stray voltage moments early did end up with four fouls in 27 minutes but in general i thought he played well same with ant you know he was only six of 18 shooting three of nine outside the arc but you look up and he's got 17 and eight and he was good defensively like he was locking down his matchup more often than not generally a good performance conley was quiet in this game but fine um other guys off the bench like nobody had a bad game per se like Wendell Moore would have loved to do more with his 11 minutes sure I thought he was fine Um, you know if I had to pick one it's probably Alexander Walker but in general everybody played well so there's no duds for this game just a well-rounded victory for the Timberwolves Um, and again three quarters they played the Knicks to a draw and without Jaden McDaniels I thought the main rotation guys all played pretty well so uh, good to see and just a couple more preseason games left too. Um, so we'll get to those here later in the week as well. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. A big thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Locked On Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today, and on either one of those devices, you can also follow on X. Formerly known as Twitter at BBeacon Beacon and at Locked On T Wolves, don't forget the T. Of course, the Locked On Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.